Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Today on a uh, warm and sunny afternoon here in Minnesota, we are uh, continuing our series in uh, both the Psalms and the Proverbs. And we seem like we're coming up with uh, more Psalms, Randy, but you're the one that actually, I challenge you this morning to, uh, or ask you, in light of all the travels that I've been doing, to come up with a Psalm. And you came up with a great one here. It's uh, Psalm 119. Uh, Why don't you read it? Well, thank you, Mark. I... uh... As you gave me the challenge to find one, I opened in, I don't know, maybe it was divine intervention, but my eye caught Psalm 119, verses 9 through 16, which says, How can a young man stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let's talk, first of all, about the word. The word, word. Uh, shows up in this passage several times. What's your interpretation of that? I mean, by by living, uh, verse 9, by living according to your word. Purity is based on living according to your word. I I took that to to mean by following God's commandments. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, God has laid down this as being, you know, this is my word, and and he he laid out kind of our, uh, our guideline uh, for life. I think a lot of people interpret it to mean uh, scripture, and I think that's uh, definitely a part of it. So in other words, we read God's word, which is, uh, you know, his teaching, his commandments, you know, the Old Testament stories, the New Testament stories. Uh, and I think that's a part of it. I, I think we need to go to uh, the very, very well-known passage in, in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Greek word there uh, in the New Testament is uh, logos. And throughout, you know, the, uh, the Mediterranean world, you know, Greece, Rome, you know, certainly Israel, uh, logos was a term that meant uh, something more than just the written word. It meant the spirit, literally the spirit of God. And it was like the highest principle of any that existed, philosophically, theologically, you know, God's word is God's essence, God's substance, God's creative abilities, uh, God's ability to have a son and uh, for that son uh, to be in the flesh. And so, in other words, I'm just challenging our listeners that when you think about this, it's uh, it's a much more holistic term than we than we think of. It's uh, it's you know following all of God's laws, but also trying to follow His Spirit in everything that we do. Well, now that you say that, and and it, it kind of uh, a light came on for me. Uh, even taking me back to my days in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. when at the end of the gospel being read, this is the word of the Lord, right. thanks be to God. Right. You know, so you're, you're right. It's like every word that we speak coming from 
scripture right. is the word of God. Well, it's also at the end of a mass. Right. You know, this is the word of God. It's like uh, you you hear scripture during you know a Catholic service, but mm-hmm. it's also the essence of the sacrament, which is celebrated in the uh, the flesh and blood of Jesus Christ. Which, of course, Catholics believe is actually represented right. in, in the host. The, bo- so, the body and the blood, right. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, this uh, first verse, living according to your word, is living according to Scripture, li- living according to, as we'll see in the later verses, God's decrees, commandments, and laws. But it's also living according to God's Spirit, and even His Spirit that became uh, flesh and blood in the purpose in the person of Jesus Christ. So, it's like in everything we do... Uh, we should be seeking to uh, draw ourselves closer to Christ and certainly uh, draw ourselves closer to God. And so that's so right off the bat in the very first verse, it's almost giving us that answer. It opens up with how can a young man stay on the path of purity? That's right. And that's how you stay on the path of purity. That's right. Now, there's one very important point that uh, I want to make here. And Debbie and I were talking about this on our uh, Thanksgiving travels recently last week. And uh, you know, sometimes we get into discussions about all the other approaches to sexual sobriety and purity that are out there, and uh, so many of them uh, are behaviorally oriented. Uh, these are the things that we should not do, and uh, we should have filters on our computers and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. So there are the secular approaches, even the uh, the Carnes approach to uh, uh, recovery, which is based on a task model of various you know, writing assignments and so forth. Uh, but there is no denying, you know, when you take in uh, the words of, of Scripture here, that the ultimate solution to sobriety is a very personal, very direct, and uh, very energetic attempt to have a relationship with God. There is just no denying that ultimately purity has got to be about a spiritual movement of the heart. Right. So... Uh, let's not beat around the bush here. Uh, and basically what this means is you can try all of these secular approaches and you can try all of these do's and don'ts, but uh, the ultimate solution is to, uh, is to walk a path of uh, relationship with God. And just as you just said that, Mark, you know, uh, verse 10 comes right out and says, I seek you with all my heart. That's right. Do not let me stray from your commands. That's exactly it. It's got to be the first thing. Do not let me stray into other things, and uh, do not let me, you know, stray from your commands. So it's basically beseeching God to collaborate in this effort to draw closer to him. Well, and, and it goes a step further in verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's right. So, you know, so oftentimes, Debbie and I were talking about this too in our travels, uh, just in terms of... Uh, you know, what is it that a wife would know in her heart that uh, her husband has changed, uh, uh, that uh, he is really personally seeking a path of purity and sobriety? And, you know, so often the wives say, what I am really looking for is a heart change. Uh, I'm not looking for the things he's telling me he's doing or not doing. I'm looking for something deeper than that. Spiritually, I'm, I'm looking for that brokenness, that humility, that dependence on God the heart change is what I'm looking for. So this passage says, you know, I want to keep pursuing you with all of my heart. And as we know, heart is a metaphor for the spiritual condition of a human being. And 
The next verse says, Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Well, I think, you know, these are all related. One of the things I also wanted to say about verse 11 is uh, that, okay, where do we learn God's decrees? Well, we learn them in Scripture. I mean, they are plainly there in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, Jesus talks about the greatest commandments and, you know, his Sermon on the Mount, which we did a series on, I mean, really talks about, you know, God's decrees. I think one of the things this means for me is that I think it's important for us to focus on God's commandments and decrees, but it's also important to memorize uh, certain verses of Scripture, uh, the ones that you yourself find to be the most meaningful and the most helpful in terms of your more direct relationship with Christ and thereby with God. So I used to uh, resist that because... my dad was big on this. He, in uh, Sunday school confirmation classes when I was a kid growing up, you know, he would have us memorize the books of the Bible. He would have us, you know, memorize certain scripture verses. And I always thought that that was just something, you know, disciplinary-wise that you had to do. But I can't tell you how many times, you know, some of those uh, verses that I've uh, memorized, uh, they come back to me. At, at just the right moment. Yeah, just when you need them most. That's right. So basically, listeners out there who I know are a lot of alumni and our uh, wife population as well, and that some of them may be alumni, uh, I am directly saying, uh, spend some time memorizing Scripture, and that's God's Word, and, and then you will have uh, God's Word inside your mind, and uh, that's a very, very important resource to have. Well, that goes hand in hand with your recommendation from a minute ago of immersing ourselves in Scripture. That's exactly it. Every day we should spend time in meditation, prayer, and uh, reading of Scripture. With that note, let's take our break right now, Mark. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the second half of this uh, Psalm 119, uh, the verses that we've selected, which are 9 through 16. We'll take a look at 13 through 16 when we get back. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, Randy. We've been discussing uh, in our staff meeting, uh, our luncheons uh, that we have on a somewhat daily basis. And uh, today we were talking again about 
the sexuality crisis with uh, uh, men being accused of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, even rape. You know, some of the prominent men, some of the famous men, some of the men in power. Yesterday we were even having uh, national discourse around uh, one of these massage companies, Massage Envy, which I would have always said, uh, given my experience in such things, that Massage Envy was one of those uh, professional places where the masseuses were, in fact, certified or licensed. Therapeutic. Uh, therapeutic massage. Mm -hmm. And I think for the most part, to be fair to Massage Envy, you know, that's what they intend. But evidently, you know, there have been some people who, you know, are giving them massages who allow themselves to be sexually stimulated. I don't want to get, get into all of that uh, crisis and the Me Too movement, which I think is empowering women and giving them a voice, many of whom have not talked about these things for years. But I, you know, what do I take from this? And I think that uh, the trigger of the week for me is to continue to examine uh, for myself how I treat women. And uh, I'm using this trigger, uh, this, all this national coverage, as a stimulation to all of our men, and women too for that matter, but mainly the men, to consider over the, the years of their lives, you know, what have they done uh, to objectify women? Uh, what have they done even to try to trick women into being sexual? One of the things that I recognized in my own story when I first got into recovery was how much sexual humor I used in my life. And uh, it was a part of my ritual. I would always have a barometer inside myself if I used some sexual uh, joke or some kind of... Uh, attempted humor. Attempted humor that was involving some sexual theme. I would always gauge the woman's response. And if she laughed and you know came back at me with her own sexual humor or just started to participate in it, then I was really solidly into my ritual that would lead me into uh, perhaps a sexual relationship with that with that woman. So I am asking uh, all of the men, uh, particularly, to just consider, you know, what has been the sexual humor that's been part of their life. Uh, another thing that's come up in this is sometimes we have uh, touched women, uh, we've maybe put our arm around them, we've maybe touched them on the shoulder. We had an example in our own practice of a man who liked touching women that he was sitting next to, even at church, you know, on the knee. A hand on the knee while he's talking to them. Talking to them. And uh, we call that an indecent liberty. And an indecent liberty is when, you know, it may seem like innocuous touch, but uh, uh, the, the man doing it is actually uh, probably getting some sexual excitement from it, even though it may not be more directly uh, indicated. So how have you treated women? You know, those of you that uh, can say, I had a client this morning who was talking about how throughout most of his uh, married life, he had uh, more or less objectified his wife and, you know, treated her as a uh, object and uh, certainly not uh, communicated with her at a deep emotional or spiritual level. Uh, and most of their conversation was, you know, at that objectified level. And he, he was just feeling uh, terrible about the early years of his marriage and how it had been kind of male-dominated and uh, just a, an ongoing objectification. So this is painful stuff to uh, take in and accept and own, uh, but I think the current crisis in our country is challenging all of us to uh, uh, not look at, you know, 
possibly getting arrested for this kind of thing, but but just on a whatever level we've done it, uh, you know, what has been your practice? So um, be of good courage and uh, know that we are forgiven for our past sins. And I guess I, in a way, say clean up your act. Exactly, you can. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's almost a, a public service announcement the way that it comes out because we we care so much for our audience that we just want to encourage them to be cautious and aware and mm-hmm. think before you you know mm-hmm. m- make some sort of a what you think is a harmless touch or action or innuendo whatever mm-hmm. uh, you never know when you could possibly be aggressively offending and and uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of this is as we're seeing sexual misconduct allegations against everything from actors to entertainers to politicians right. to everyday men right. uh, uh, no one is uh, is beyond uh, being thoughtful about uh, such matters well yeah even yesterday you know our our president who you know I think in his heart is a Christian and a good man and yet he doesn't always seem to have a filter in his brain. And there are so many thoughts that pop up in his brain. And yesterday he was honoring these code talker, these Native Americans. Native Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a wonderful story of how they really uh, contributed to the success of uh, ours in World War II. But then he used some reference to some, you know, you know, uh, congresswoman and said that her nickname is Pocahontas. So he, he, <laughs> he was, he was uh, honoring these Native Americans and then uh, just an impulsively uh, offending them at the same time. Yeah. So uh, we all need to be careful because we've all had a lot of old habits and all these old stories in our head. And, if, you know, I, I pray for the president that uh, he's, God, God gives him a better filter, you know, so he doesn't make such uh, sometimes rash statements about people. Well, let's return our listeners to our show today in which we are discussing Psalm 119, mm-hmm. verses 9 through 16. And when we left off, we were about to share um, verse 13, mm-hmm. which says, With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. Well, I just think that um, the laws are pretty uh, blatantly described in the Old and New Testament. And I think what this means is uh, when we recount them, we bring them to conscious mind. It's like, okay, we, we haven't you know, at one point heard, heard them, and then we don't think about them again. And we sometimes rationalize our way past them you know, when we're in the middle of our addiction. And I think this is just reminding us that it's probably a good thing on a regular basis to uh, go over in our mind and recount them and, and say them out loud to other people. You know, this is uh, God's uh, commandments and laws, and this is what we seek uh, and have a vision to, uh, to abide by. Which leads you to 14 that says, I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. Well, that's an interesting comparison, isn't it? I mean, we all think great riches will bring us happiness. And we all know from countless stories, you know, how that's just not true. So uh, I do think that uh, when we follow God's laws and we're living consistently with his commandments, we know we're in the right flow. We know we're in the spirit of God, and that's what we were talking about earlier. We know we're participating in the word of God, and I do believe whatever level of money we have, you know, that brings us great joy. Verse 15, Mark, then just says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. How many times, Randy, would you say on this show we have emphasized uh, the power of daily meditation. Oh, numerous times, yeah. Yeah, well, we've uh, prescribed uh, to the men in the workshop, uh, 
certain ancient Catholic uh, meditation strategies like Lexio Divina, L-E-C-T-I-O Divina. And uh, we've had Southern Baptists that are practicing, like Jay Dennis down in Florida, pastor of a large church, that are practicing Lexio Divina. And basically what this means is we're taking daily time to quiet ourselves, to uh, slow our breathing down, to uh, not have interruption, and then we meditate on uh, a verse of, of God's uh, scripture, God's word, and uh, we allow ourselves to reflect and, and in a way, uh, invite the power of the Holy Spirit to come into our, our soul and educate us about what God would want us to know through that scripture. This is uh, called a spiritual discipline for a reason. Uh, it's not something that we just spontaneously on a given day think of doing. It's something that we schedule, something that we abide by, something that we have our accountability group reminding us to do on a daily basis. And uh, I think it's transforming. I think it's just very powerful. And for any of us trying to control our thought life, daily meditation is a huge thing. I think when it goes hand in hand with your other recommendation, which is our keeping uh, some form of a daily journal, because I think mm -hmm. if you're doing both, if you're doing the meditation followed by the journaling, mm -hmm. then uh, I think it creates a powerful kind of journal for you to be able to follow. That's right. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the guys that journal, you know, one of the things I hear all the time is I go back sometimes a year or two or even more later, and I reread my journals, and I can literally see, you know, how God was at work in my thought life. Powerful stuff, very that's for sure. Stuff. Well, Mark, that brings us to our very last verse, which is, I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So in other words, what was the opening question in verse 9? How, how can, can a young man, man stay, stay on the path of purity? Well, look at the last thing. I will not neglect your word. Right. I mean, it's that simple. It begins and ends with following your word. Following God's word, which right. means scripture study, meditating on God and his nature, medicating, uh, meditating, not medicating. It's the opposite of medicating, meditating on uh, our relationship with Christ. So uh, the theme is consistent in this passage. It is a discipline. We need to stay in it. We need God, God's help to do it. And uh, the word neglect is, you know, pretty direct. If we neglect doing this, we're going to be sitting ducks out there to all the sexual stimuli that are present in our, in our world. So as we wrap up today's show then, uh, what is the, your closing thought on all of this? Well, at your next group meeting or your accountability or support group or counseling group, whatever you're doing, uh, I would make a commitment to your group that you are going to spend, uh, to start with 15 minutes a day, you know, in some form of meditation on God's word, and then have your accountability partners call you on a daily basis to make sure you're doing it. And just, can you think of a better way of starting your day? That's right. I mean, if we can develop this discipline and stick with it, uh, something tells me that the rest of your day would go in a very positive direction. That's exactly right. And you can just start making a note of that. And for those of you that decide to start this that haven't been doing it historically, or for those of you that are doing it, send us some testimonies. You know, we'd be glad to include that on the air. We encourage you to do just that. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host. We would like to thank you for joining us again today, and we hope that this coming week will be a week of great blessings and great vision. 
You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.